Hello, everyone. A very warm welcome to another edition, a special edition, in fact, of Marketing the Invisible. My name is Tom Poland, beaming out to you, as always, from on the sand next to the waves of little castaways beach in Queensland, Australia. Joined today by Liam Martin. Liam, uh, very, what is it? Yeah, good evening, or just about good evening in New York. Is that right? Good afternoon slash good evening. Yes, all right. Drifting into twilight, the twilight zone. Indeed, mm -hmm. it is the twilight zone because Liam is not, as you see on the screen, Rob Rawson. He is Liam Martin. And... <laughs> I can, I can We're a podcast account. I can that confirm. That's our explanation. Yes. I can confirm his authenticity. Yes. So, folks, the reason it's a special edition is we're not doing our seven-minute countdown timer because we want. I want to have much more of an in-depth conversation with Liam on this. So, Liam, why don't we kick off by just me asking you to introduce yourself because you're really wearing two hats, I think, for this, right? Sure. So... Liam Martin on planet Earth, more specifically Canada right now. So I do travel quite a bit and I'm the co-founder with my co-founder, Rob Rawson, who just happens to be using this particular account of two SaaS businesses, timedoctor.com and staff.com, which are both tools to be able to empower remote workers to be more productive and also to be able to facilitate labor remotely. And then one of my passion projects, which we've recently started in the last year or two, has been running remote, which has now become the largest conference on building and scaling remote teams. And we run that out of Bali, Indonesia every single year. It's a really fun conference. There's about 500 people from all over planet Earth that come in and basically learn how do you build and scale a remote team and bring it to the point where remote companies are actually the norm as opposed to this weird thing that maybe only tech startup guys do out of the valley. Terrific. And, and the reason we're, we're having this conversation is that I registered to attend Running Remote this year, which kicks off June 29. Is that right? Correct, yes. June 29 in Bali. So what's the website for that? Let's give everyone that straight off the bat. So runningremote.com. Got some alliteration going on there. Uh, we actually found that one for free on GoDaddy, which was fantastic. Yay. It's one of those things that we had actually had about three or four other names for the conference. And then once I saw that one, I thought, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, what are we doing? One. We're running remote. Yeah. That's what we want to call it. All right. And I'm really excited about attending because it's... You know, you and I were talking before and I kind of got mentioned I got a bit jaundiced about going to sales and marketing conferences because, you know, half the folk there are, are pitching something and are bullshit artists and about 40% of them um, yeah, I mean, are, very, <laughs> are very excited about what they have to share, but they've actually just launched it and haven't proven it yet. And the other 10% yes. are the real deal. But with it's running, very running difficult when you, it's very difficult when you go to these types of conferences. So as an example, if anyone pitched anything at our conference they would not be returning <laughs> as an example because for us it's about you are you're not just giving your money more importantly you're providing your time to this type of an environment and for me anyone that attends this type of a conference really any conference just if you boil it down to it you have to have fantastic speakers that are kind of like a lightning rod for the conversations around the ten the attendees. So you also have to have fantastic attendees to be able to make sure that there's a really good conversation happening. Mm. Uh, it's basically just, they're just a lightning pole to kind of start those conversations happening. And if you have slick sales guys that are not operators that are just going to sell their wares up on stage yeah. it's really not going to produce what our goal is which is to continue to facilitate the expansion of remote work 
we're not interested necessarily. There's no necessarily large monetary exit out of this conference. Whereas if you go to a marketing conference, it's how much money can I possibly get out of you to be able to make these things work? Whereas for us, we're really just interested in trying to figure out the actual story of how we started the conference was we had no idea how to go from 100 employees to 500. So how do you do that? We started looking, there was almost nothing for remote companies on that particular subject. So we said, well, let's build a conference about figuring out exactly that. Right. Well, I suppose we should start the interview officially. And yeah, sure. I'm going to start running through some of the questions. Folks, if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with the audience. Seven, sorry, the format, seven questions mm-hmm. in seven minutes. We're going to deviate from that. We're going to run a maximum of 23 minutes. And we will wander our way through the questions and have valuable diversions, no doubt. So Rob, tell me who your ideal client is for this. You mentioned before that it's not really the digital nomad who's the so made the travel blog writer. It's more for people sure. who have established businesses. A bit more about that. Who's the, who's the ideal target for the conference? So first of all, I don't want to discount digital nomads. I would probably consider myself a digital nomad. I spend about six months traveling per year, but I do have a permanent address. They're great people, but there are 20 conferences for them already. We had attended a few of those conferences and we weren't getting what we wanted, which was how do you build and scale a remote team as opposed to how do you travel hack or where's the best hostels to stay at or how do you negotiate an Airbnb or these types of subjects or how do you do Amazon FBA? Free bus rides. I don't really know Amazon FBA. I have a business right now that I'm running. What I would like to do is figure out how can I make sure that the onboarding for my employees is as smooth as humanly possible? Or how can I build a sales team effectively remotely? And what metrics should I be measuring? These are the things that I'm really interested in and they weren't anywhere else. So we just said, let's build that particular subject matter into the conference. So glad you did. Thank you for that. So you've, you've actually described your ideal client, but you've also described the problem that you solve in that how do you scale? How do you go boom? And how do you have all those contractor selection systems, onboarding systems, performance management systems, business developments in place when you don't have the team huddle happening in the in the boardroom, you know, every Monday morning? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I imagine how do you how do you go boom? How do you scale and still have a lifestyle right without working yeah. you know, 25 hours a day? Yeah. And I mean, and that's another thing as well, which is when you think about remote companies, you think about people that maybe don't necessarily work hard. You hear we're very much co-associated with the four hour work week with, you know, Tim Ferrising, your, your life. And that can be true. You could work four hours a week at the business. It just won't be as successful uh, as you want it. No, you can't. There's plenty of people that can do that and can have successful businesses. But what if you want to really scale it? What if you want yeah. to get to yeah. uh, like Marcy, who it runs customer support at Shopify? She went from zero to 3,000 remote support reps in three years. I want to hear her story about how she went, got to that scale. So and quickly. didn't go insane. Yeah. And didn't go insane. What systems did she need to deploy? What people did she mm. need to deploy to be able to make that happen? That's yeah. what I'm really interested in learning. Yeah, fascinating. And so let's talk about what are, what will be some of the key takeaways out of the conference. And then I want to find out a little bit about your top tips for going boom. So sure. So could, could, could we do that in reverse order, perhaps? Let's, let's talk about some of your top tips. What are, what are some of the key learnings that you've had at Time Doctor and Staff.com? I'm in a bit of a unique situation because we are one of our biggest customer avatars are remote companies. So we serve remote companies a lot. So not only are we running our own remote company, but 
I also talk to clients who are building remote businesses and they have some, there are a lot of things that seem to pop up as generalized trends. The first one is communication. So having reliable communication is absolutely important. It's probably one of the most important things that you can do inside of a remote team because inside of what we call an on-premise team, which are brick and mortar office building companies, you'll have a lot of conversations that will occur just sort of like at the water cooler as people kind of move around inside of the office and you'll get an understanding of how effectively an employee is working. Yep. When it's remote, you don't have that. So the formalized communication times are really important. And this is something that was a problem for me because I primarily only worked remotely. So I didn't understand how that non-formal kind of reporting worked and instead uh, huh. was always doing it in this formalized right. way. So that's number one. The number two thing that's the most important for most remote companies as they scale is process design. So building and operationalizing processes, uh, you can start with stuff like uh, putting your processes into Google Docs. If you want to, we use a tool called Trainwool, which is fantastic. It's, it allows you to basically take your process documentation and put it into almost like a project management system so that you can assign particular processes to employees. And the reason why you need process documentation is because in an on-premise company, when you are sitting right next to Tom and Tom does something wrong, you can say, hey, Tom, no, this is how you do it the correct way. But when Tom is in Australia, as an example, and you're located in Canada, it's very difficult to see that happening with Tom. So what you need to do is create process documentation, digitize it, and then give Tom the procedures very clear, very in-depth, showing him or her exactly what they need to do to be able to uh, be successful in that particular position. And people are fearful about that. They think it's going to take a lot of extra time to be able to do. But in reality, it doesn't actually, once you recognize the long-term advantages to building those types of systems, you'll be slow the first two months, and then you'll accelerate way past what you thought you could have done at the very beginning of that process. Thank you. And, and so Trainial, how do you spell Trainial? T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L.com. Thank you. And there's also Process Street. Yes. Process Street's another great one. I would say any of those two tools are great. If you don't want to spend the money, Google Docs is also great and free. So what is sorry? That's a, Google Docs. Okay. Google yeah. Docs. Literally yeah. just putting together some Google Docs, yeah. putting it together in a folder saying, here's how to do uh, outbound lead generation. Yeah. We, and then you just go through all those documents and you put them up in the cloud and anyone can go. Yeah. Yeah. Deanna, as you said, very simple, very free and, and not too shabby in terms of effectiveness. You know, the big plus is obviously is when you document the system, it's going to be very, very imperfect. But there's the opportunity to run whatever process it is, whether it's a lead gen process or a staff development process alongside the system and continually improve it. Which brings me to my question, how do you empower contractors to see potential improvements in a system and either nominate those improvements or change the system? What, what protocols do you have in place for engaging the contractors and empowering them to make improvements? We pay them. So it's very easy. For oh, us. you pay money? And Gosh. So what we do is inside of all of our process documentation, if you believe a process should be improved, then you have to change the process inside of that process document. So initially, we actually had built all of our processes on GitLab. And GitLab is basically a place to be able to put code 
on the internet. It's like a Git is a is a code repository. Okay. And if you actually Google GitLab handbook, you will find GitLab, who is a remote team and spoke last year, their CTO spoke last year. They have a 3,200 page process document that's open source. Everything you possibly need to know about GitLab is in that document. And it's, I know when I first saw it, I was reading it till three o'clock in the morning. I'm a bit of a nerd at that kind of stuff, but <laughs> it is the absolute perfect starting point for anyone that has not engaged in process design yet because they can, you can basically steal all their processes they were encouraging you to do. So, yeah. so inside of that system, you can create edits and you can fork off different versions of a process document. So if everyone agrees that a new version is the correct version, then they get paid. And that's the way it works. We literally hand out little bonuses to everybody. So if you want to rewrite a process and everyone thinks that it's the right process to rewrite, I'll give you 50 bucks. And it allows us to create a very organic system that just adapts by the absolute expert on that subject. Perfect. So as an example, a lead generation guy is probably the better person to write that process than you who maybe hasn't done lead generation in six months. So you want that person to write the process, not you. That's what we do. Yeah, the, the other thing we, we do, Liam, is for example, I'm just promoting my operations manager to general manager. It sounds very mm -hmm. grandiose, but it's a small business, but still <laughs> in, in the nature of the role is definitely shifting from ops to general manager. Mm -hmm. And being an operations manager, she wanted to have every I dotted and every T crossed on every system before she recruited someone. So I said, to hell with that. Build it as you recruit them. So in the selection process, explain you're going to be building the systems together. So it is actually getting done. Whereas I, I fear that if we'd tried to have a perfect system before we recruited, then we obviously want to have the rudiments in place. But but I fear that would have would have taken several months to get there. So yep. just just to me just for the listeners, Git lab g-i-t-l-a-b mm -hmm. and the google Is searching you, for that plus what phrase a uh, handbook handbook thank you yeah um, so the actual url is about.gitlab.com handbook oh perfect thank you all their operational procedures thank you that's that's quite a treasure trove I'm, I'm sure and forking off is something i'm used to because i'm regularly told to fork off <laughs> so so i've got that one i've got that one down okay so so now let's so there's some absolutely incredibly valuable takeaways from your years of running remote businesses. And very interesting, that's all you've ever done because I'm almost the opposite. I've been running remotes for the last 10 years. And mm -hmm. before that, you, you mentioned, you know, the water cooler conversations. We, we used to have a thing called management by wandering around. And mm. it, it was a real thing. It was an actual management strategy or technique where you simply wandered around, shoot the breeze, have a cup of coffee with someone. And it was extraordinary what people mm. would, the questions that would pop up, the comments that when you were outside of a formal meeting, uh, it was it was just remarkable. So it, it was a very, so trying to replace that would be interesting. But anywho, let's get back. Well, we, have a, we actually have a tool called Coworker Coffee that we implement and it's an add-on inside of Slack. And what it will allow you to do is it randomly connects two people from the company every single week for coffee, which is a 15 minute chat. Oh, I love that. And we do that once a week. And it's an interesting way for me to even meet people that I've never spoken to because they're a manager. I'm a manager of their manager and I can chat with them about anything, but usually we end up talking maybe five minutes about work and just 10 minutes about their lives. That is brilliant. It's great. 
So where do people get just Google co-worker for coffee, co-worker coffee? It's our own. We built it ourselves. So unfortunately, you can't get it. We might turn it into something in the future. Oh, I it's see. A very oh, simplistic please do. script that yeah, we built could, inside of Slack. If you could do that by this Friday, that would be great because I want it. I'll buy it <laughs> because we have a we have a client community inside Slack and one workspace and then we have our remote workers in another workspace. Um, yeah, it's it's a very simplistic script. I think we may just export it and give it away to everybody for free. Oh, marry me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so let's go now to running remote. We've got 10 minutes left. So sure. I, I am, my wife will tell you, I'm talking about this every day. Running remote is coming up. There's only five weeks of running remote, four weeks of running remote. And um, I'm looking forward to it because pretty much what you, what you, what you sort of the parameters you laid down, it's not a pitch fest. It's real hands-on operators sharing their experience without a marketing motive. I want to sell you a program or a package. So we're going to get mm -hmm. the real oil. Plus, you so astutely summed it up when you talked about the speakers, the lightning rod. But but a lot of the value happens from the interaction. And being an introvert, I find that difficult. But I but I do recognize that that that's that's where the bulk of the value actually is is in connections and and ideas from other attendees. But let's talk about the big stars, the lightning rods, if you if you like, who's going to be speaking at the conference, and what are some of the key takeaways likely to be? Sure. So the first talk that we have, I think, is an interesting one. It's a recent conversation that's come up inside of the remote work community, which is the debate between asynchronous and synchronous communication. So Nick Francis, who runs Help Scout, successful support company and Amir who runs Doist and he has two products to Doist which is a task management app and Twist which is a version I would kind of consider it instant messaging but unlike Slack it's a asynchronous model of communicating so these messages don't come to you immediately they come to you after you've done your hard work throughout the day so they're going to be debating that particular issue which I think is very interesting mm. you have Andrew Warner who's actually going to be facilitating a lot of our conversations he's the founder of Mixergy I think he's done like 3,000 interviews for entrepreneurs so we said let's get him in because he's the absolute best person Person to really understand how to very quickly interview someone and get yeah. the right information out of them. We have Mariano, who's the CEO of Mural, <clears throat> one of the largest whiteboard collaboration tools on the market right now, particularly for design. We have Andreas Klinger. He is the head of remote at AngelList, and he was the CTO of Product Hunt. And he's actually going to be showing you how to go from zero to 20 developers on Product Hunt, because Product Hunt, not many people know, is a completely remote company. So Andreas was the CTO and he built a product that, I mean, was kind of at Reddit levels for a significant amount of time. And he's going to show you how he took a very small amount of developers and built a product that just completely scaled. We have Marcy, who's the director of support from Shopify that I spoke about before. She built a team of 3,000 remote reps in three years, which I think is the largest remote support team I've ever encountered. And a bunch of other people. Ken actually has a really interesting talk. He's going to be talking about how he went from nothing to 20 million ARR with Hotjar, which is a kind of uh, analytics tool. And that product, I mean, it's completely remote. And he actually has said no to a lot of uh, venture capital because he doesn't need the money because he's recognized that the remote model is so much more efficient than the, <clears throat> than the on-premise model. He's been able to get past the point where he really needs capital. Bunch of other people as well. I mean, there's, I think there's 20 speakers, 24 speakers that are coming. So a mm. bunch of people, but it's all about 
as you said before, really tactical. We're, we're not necessarily, we are getting a couple big names, quote unquote, but we're also getting people that are real operators. And that's the thing that we wanted was the people that are actually doing it versus the people that are maybe the best speakers in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because for us, we want the, the information. Yeah, perfect. All right. So um, what's the one question I should have asked you, but I didn't? How did I like Egypt? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I went to Egypt recently and I really liked it. That's the first thing that came to mind. No, that's okay. Um, that's okay. Well, you know, yeah. maybe on your way to Bali, what, you what can do, hop in at Egypt. What do, yeah. What do, what do you want to ask? Um, you know what? If you're thinking about coming, there's adaptation to Indonesia that you have to really understand. Getting a, a SIM card is very difficult in Indonesia. It takes like a day and a half before <laughs> your SIM card gets activated. Yeah. So you need to kind of plan that out and make sure that you are, you register your SIM card, they, they collect your passport information, and then it takes about a day, day and a half before it gets activated. So that's really important. How to navigate in a developing country. That was probably one of the biggest things that our attendees were not as understanding of, which is, uh, well, there's no Uber. You know, there, there's, there's things, there are infrastructure issues with a third world country, developing country that you have to recognize. Hmm. But Overall, I mean, Bali is one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. I would probably call it top five most beautiful places on planet Earth. So, wow, fantastic. Um, you've got to get past a little bit of that bureaucracy issue, less infrastructure, less bureaucracy, more beauty. Well, I just so admire the fact that folks from North America are planning a conference close to Australia. I appreciate that because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that you've got 500 or so attendees likely to be there is, is testament to the power, the magnetism of the idea. And also, too, we, I mean, my co-founder, Rob, I'm in Canada and Rob is in Australia. So we're on polar opposite sides of the planet and we run a business without any problem whatsoever. Our feeling is we should be able to set up a conference anywhere on planet Earth if it's for real remote operators. Because yep. if you're remote, we're still going to be working when we're there. Yep. Uh, nothing's going to stop. We're going to keep going. We just are going to be doing it in Bali. Yeah, perfect. All right. Liam, thanks so much for your time. We're going to get this interview out. Folks, uh, I just want to say that I don't get any affiliate commissions. There's no kickbacks or bonuses that I get for promoting running remote. I'm just, I am prom promoting it and happy to promote it because it's going to be freaking awesome. So Liam, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for checking out our Marketing the Invisible podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. And if you want to generate five fresh leads in just five hours, then check out www.5hourchallenge.com. 